Okay, hello, good day, good evening, and good morning whenever you're listening to this. This is Bruce Hansen, and again, we're back with Cottage Tech. Now, things are a little different. Uh, Cliff has been unavailable, and if you hear a little music in the background, it's because my friends have got some Genesis playing, and I'll, I'll explain that to you as we go along. Nonetheless, I'm currently not at my cottage. I've gone up to visit friends at their cottage in uh, Ontario at Pike Lake. So we're up here at Pike Lake, and today's topic is foundations. And there are a couple of different ways to do foundations. We're going to get that to that in a minute. But to cut to the chase, there's really two ways to do foundations, or anything for that matter. Now, if you've got more money and brains than energy and beer, you do the following. You build a chute down the hill if you're on a cliff, which is my friend's uh, situation here. It's a rather steep incline down to the lake, probably about uh, 50 to 100 vertical feet. You then lift the whole cottage using steel beams or wood beams that have been uh, shimmed together with additional 2x10s, preferably. And you bring in a cement truck to pour cement down the chute, which you then ferry across with a wheelbarrow to the various uh, footings or or the full foundation. We'll talk about that in a minute. However, if you belong to the latter group, that is more energy and beer than money and brains, uh, which, by the way, will have you fall into good company of uh, Cliff and myself, then you tend to do these things manually. Well, my friend, and, and we'll use fictitious names here, but my friend John has taken inefficiency and low cost to a new high. Or maybe that's a new low. Now, I'm, I've got to tell you, his wife, and we'll, we'll make up names here again, Kim, is uh, an incredibly beautiful woman. And uh, her skills include pouring cement. Well, actually, she carries the gravel down the hill. And she does a great job. I'll tell you, any woman who can who will participate with a guy in doing things like pouring foundations or supports has got to be 100% in my books. So, here's what I came to when I came up to this cottage. John is currently looking at his place, and he's rebuilding an existing cottage. So he's starting, uh, which is a good idea, from the bottom up. Now, I was out last summer and helped him pour uh, one footing and he's now done about 18 and takes him about a day to do one by himself if you got two people working on it you can maybe do two and this is where we get at two different types of foundations and you need to understand this it depends on a couple of factors uh, one is the type of land you're on two the temperatures you're dealing with and three of course how much money you've got now when you live up in canada as we do there's such a thing as frost factor in the winter and that has to be taken into account when you're doing the one of two different types of foundations. Now, the one foundation type is floating. The second one is uh, going down deep into the earth. If you're doing a full foundation or a proper foundation in cold weather, you've got to go down at least four feet below grade level because there's this frost factor which, uh, when spring comes around, starts chewing up anything in its way and shifting stuff around. You do have an alternative, though, depending on ground conditions, to do a floating-type platform. And John's cottage was built uh, on pylons, so it was not a full foundation, just wooden supports, vertical beams, 4x4s, 6x6s, which were then sitting on cement two-by-two squares, which were poured on the ground. Well, this was a pretty lazy uh, situation here, particularly because the bedrock was only about six inches below that. 
However, the way it was done, things shift down the slopes. They slowly move. The frost moves rocks, etc. So John's now in a position of fixing up his cottage. But before he does that, he wants to have a solid foundation. This has meant uh, leaving a load of gravel at the top of the hill, manually carrying down by buckets because there was no clear path. And trust me, I tried. I didn't believe him. I filled up a wheelbarrow and tried to take it down the cement stairs. It did not work. So bucket by bucket, you are carrying sand down about 20 stairs around the cottage to the bottom, throwing it in the cement mixer, and then manually pouring it into a pail and carrying it to the form. So we're doing a combination here. We're doing pillars. We're not doing a full foundation around the perimeter of the cottage. We're simply building better supports and building new cinder block supports or pillars to support the cottage rather than the old wood ones that were sitting on floating cement pads. So John has taken out the pads, built frames at rock, uh, bedrock level, and pouring cement on that bedrock. Now, to be really good at it, you should really be drilling into that bedrock, embedding threaded rod or some form of steel rod and then pouring around that. But, you know, John's going to leave that to the next generation to deal with when this thing slides down the hill slightly. A couple things to note here. Type of cement. If you use a standard cement, there's no problem. You mix in the, in the cement mixer, add your water, add your gravel. When you get the right consist, consist, consistency, Dump it in the bucket, take it over to the form, drop it. As I said, this is really an inefficient method, but due to the geography of the situation, we've got no, no choice. Alternately, you could hire a cement truck, but again, that costs money. So I just suggested an improvement for my friend, who's, uh, again, we won't, use, we won't use real names, but we'll call him John. <laughs> and, uh, and Cliff introduced me to a, a type of cement which is premixed, and it's not just premixed type; it's it's actually for uh, posts, settling posts. Well, it is premixed, but it's even easier than premixed. It's it's like taking the Betty Crocker mix and not even having to add the egg. If you set up your frame, you simply pour this in dry. You take the hose, you add water, and you stir it, and keep adding uh, mix. And if you need more and water until you've got it up to the top. Take a board, 2 by 4 edge across on both sides of the frame, level it off, and you're there. No hauling of gravel, no cement mixer. It is extremely easy. You could probably do 18 of these things in one day as opposed to one per day, and, uh, and you'd have so much more time to drink beer. Now, you know, I estimated, uh, well, not estimated, I, I did three beers on that one little pour. I hauled a hell of a lot of sand up and down that hill. I tried the wheelbarrow, just about lost it, and lost myself trying to go out down the cement stairs. And I carried down a 90-pound bag of cement, as well as probably 180 pounds of gravel to do that one little spot. I know we didn't use all that cement, mind you, but I had to get it down because we needed part of it. We could have probably done that with uh, a couple of 30-pound uh, bags of the the post cement uh, cost would have probably been equivalent, and uh, I wouldn't have had as much excuse to drink beer. But, you know, I would have found another reason to drink beer. <laughs> you 
In any case, as I mentioned earlier, John takes the most inefficient route possible, and uh, but the most cost-effective. So, you know, there we are. So you've got a few ways to do foundations, and if you're doing the pouring the pad, that's the way to go. By the way, it, pad, pad foundations do work on certain uh, land types. My parents' cottage, strictly two cinder blocks side by side and two more on top of them going perpendicular, and then the joists running across those. That, that was it, on top of a regular patio flat stone sitting on sand. The thing never shifted more than a couple inches in 30 years. Friends down at the uh, beach farther down poured a cement slab for their whole cottage, never shifted. We had cement slabs for the boathouse and the garage, never shifted. But that's a factor of the land type they're sitting on. My cottage now in the Muskokas, there's pillars and that thing shifts inches, feet every year. It has to be readjusted. So you've got to really look at the land side, the uh, type of geography, the type of uh, land you're sitting on, the drainage. All those factors come to play. And, of course, if you want a really permanent situation, then you have to go with a full perimeter foundation. And if you're up in the northern country, you've got to go down more than four feet to pour the footings before you par- start putting the uh, cinder block on because you've got to get below that frost line. Oh, that's it. And uh, thank goodness my uh, friend John is buying the beer because... Uh, if we do any more of these things, it's going to be a long, long weekend, and he'll never hear the end of it. So I've introduced you to my friend John very briefly, and the guy has a tremendous sense of humor. I mean, one of the first things, I, I, you're, just, you're not going to believe this. One of the first things he said when I came into the cottage was, uh, uh, Bruce, I, I, don't, I hope you remember, but I've I got to remind you that you're not supposed to drink water out of the tap because it comes straight out of the lake. Well, the reason you want to do that, of course, is because water sucks. But the second reason is water on the lake has E. coli and bacteria and fish poop and all types of crap in it that you really don't want. But, I mean, does this guy have a sense of humor or what? I mean, we've got beer. I mean, I haven't had water since 1983. (laughs) I mean, why would anybody drink water, let alone out of the tap at the cottage? But, you know, that's the type of guy my friend John is. Tremendous sense of humor. And, and you know, if I ever thought he was serious, I'd, I'd really start to worry. <laughs> How do you lift the cottage to change the foundations? That's a good question. Again, if you've got more money and brains and you do beer and energy, you hire somebody to come in with either steel beams to put under the cottage or you hire somebody to build wooden beams splicing them together and bolting them together and then using hydraulic lifts to lift the whole cottage. Leave it there permanently while you do the full foundation or the pillars and the the individual foundations and then drop the cottage back down. However, uh, being in, in the company of the latter group, as stated earlier, that's just not possible. So you go to lifting sections of the cottage at the time, liberating the existing pillars and foundations and building them up one by one. The tool you use, and we have a radio station up here that, that talks about the tool of the day, and they're talking about people. But we're going we're gonna to start talking about the tool of the week here. And the tool of the week this time is the hydraulic lift. This is an amazing little tool. It's about six to eight inches high. They come in various capacities of two, four, six, eight tons. 
out handle you put together, slide in, you pump this thing, and it it lifts about six inches, but can lift the weights that I spoke about. It is incredibly powerful. It also works underwater because I've tested it on my dock, and it it does an amazing job. Now you always want to make it sure it's very secure. And one of the things you've got to learn, uh, and if you if you hadn't listened to this broadcast, you might do what I did, which was put it under wooden beam and jack it up. You'll find that the jack goes up, but the house doesn't, and that's because the wood is soft, relatively speaking, to the several tons weighing on top of the jack, and the jack simply buries itself in the wood. So you need to get a good steel plate, about three-eighths to half an inch thick, to sit on between the top of the jack and the wood beam you're trying to jack up. And then you jack it, you can lift almost anything. It, they, these are amazing. You pick these up at hardware stores up in Canada. Canadian Tire carries them. In the States, uh, you have to go to a, a hardware building type store. These are great tools. You should have some down at any cottage. Whenever you're leveling, doing docks, whatever, they come in tremendous. Um, just a great tool to have. So that's our tool of the week. That's about it for this broadcast. We'll catch up to you later. Have a good weekend, everyone. Hope you get to your cottage. Hi, Cliff here. Sorry I couldn't be for the whole thing, but uh, hey, Bruce was up at Pike Lake with his friends. What was that, John and Kim? Gee, I'm sure it's not them, but who has new footings on their cottage on Pike Lake? Can't be hard to find. Anyway, I would have just turned their septic pump into a uh, cement pump and got things done a whole lot faster. Um, that would have been scary. I'd like to thank Jeremiah Fleming for the intro and the outro music. You can find more about him on podsafeaudio.com. You can find a link to him on our website at cottagetech.com. As for the Genesis, well, we're just holding our breath for the DMCA takedown notice to show up, and, well, we'll do that when it shows up. Uh, Anybody know a good lawyer? Hey, for everyone here at cottagetech.com, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming to episode number two, and we'll look forward to more coming later. Bye for now.